and working in the legal profession. But no, eventually it did destroy my career. Now, let's get back to your testimony. So you came to Christ and you, mm. you knew your sins were forgiven. You knew you had a hope and a future uh, mm. uh, when you heard the gospel and you gave your heart to the Lord. Uh, yeah. But everything wasn't rosy straight away. You, you, you went through some valleys and some dark experiences, uh, particularly with re- relation to eating disorders. Mm. Uh, tell us about that phase of your life. Yeah, I dare say it was a case of swapping one addiction for the next um, and it was very easy to swap that to food and for me that became, I suppose, almost an unhealthy obsession which, you know, I suppose is almost ironic yet again because I was in the health profession that I was then struggling with an eating disorder but there I was again um, and it took me all the way to hospital um, and, you know, down to about 41 or 42 kilos and, you know, I received wonderful care, the world's best care in our hospital system but at the end of the day it was really God that managed to put that right for me and, and set me free from it as well. I remember visiting you a number of times there and a, a bunch of people from church were coming in and were having Bible studies with you and praying with you. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of us expected it would be an overnight fix, that we'd just pray for you once and you'd be all better and healed and set free, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was a, it was a journey. Uh, mm-hmm. w- would you just speak to those right now that might think, you know what, yeah, I, I know people or, or I've been struggling with those, those kind of things. What was the keys for you that helped you get well? That's a great question. I think the first thing is, you know, to don't give up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is, there's not always an overnight fix. Yes, God does want us healed, and that's his, his word and his promise for us. But sometimes, like you said, it is a journey. And I suppose the first thing is to ask for help because it's out there, um, firstly from God, but also from those around us. So that has been massive for me. I think for those who are struggling with eating disorders, it's to try and change the focus from being skinny to being healthy. Mm-hmm. Because uh, that's the real key. Uh, at the end of the day, our bodies are our temples, and God doesn't want us treating them like an amusement park. So it really helped when I had that shift in the way that I thought about how God wanted me to treat my body. Um, so I'd say get stuck into the Word as well. Yep. Uh, start reading the Bible because I think if you're filling yourself with that, the rest starts to fade away. And if it doesn't happen overnight, it's you know it's more of a panting cure. It might happen eventually for you. So you know it, it's definitely something that you just have to stick with. Well, it's such a great uh, victory testimony uh, because, you know, we hear of so many uh, people struggling with eating disorders uh, across the world and, uh, you know, some people think there's no hope that they're stuck with it for the rest of their life or, you know, it's going to end bad. But I I like your advice there. Don't give up. Get into the Word. uh, Be healthy. uh, Have have a vision to be healthy, not skinny, you know. And uh, I I think uh, a lot of it to do is also knowing your identity in Christ, knowing that God loves you, that uh, God God has blessed you with beautiful food. God has, you know, given us good things for our life, and we should be enjoying those good things. Would you agree? Absolutely. Mm. Life's life too short for bad food or bad coffee, for that matter. <laughs> true, <laughs> true. You love your coffee, don't you, Susan? <laughs> I still do. Absolutely. Now you've got a, quite a successful career as a uh, as a fitness trainer, uh, traveling mm. on cruise ships. You've been to places like New York and Japan, and where else have you been traveling to? Oh, well, yeah, I certainly have been blessed. I started off in L.A., uh, running from there to Mexico for a few months. Then we crossed across the Pacific, and we went through Hawaii, went through Guam, into Taiwan, Japan, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. also into Korea. And then, yes, after that, I was in Shanghai, based in New York, and going from there to Bermuda. So Wow. Yes, wow, indeed. Did you get into the Bermuda Triangle? Did you get lost? Was everything okay? (laughs) 
it's actually one of the most safest, friendly, happiest places you will ever go to. <laughs> but oh, that was my good. first concern was Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I was expecting Johnny Depp to jump up at any minute. <laughs> uh, so you're a picture of health now. Um, we, we spent some time together at Israel recently. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, mm. But you're, uh, you know, you're, you're a trainer. You're eating healthy. You're inspiring others uh, to get fit. Now, for those out there uh, like me, who are a little bit out of shape, that are trying to get back on track, you know. Um, Tell me, uh, what what do you think is more important? Is it more important to exercise or eat healthy or is it equal? What's your your thoughts on that? If I had to give you a ratio on that, I'd say 80% of it comes down, you know, to what you eat. The 20% comes down to how much you exercise. And I know Michelle Bridges would definitely agree with me too on that. (laughs) But don't underestimate exercise because exercise has so many other benefits in terms of how it makes you feel. It'll give you a level of positivity. It will help you metabolize food better throughout the course of the day. So still very important, particularly for heart health. Now, my wife and I recently went to Israel, and you came on our tour with us, and uh, Carol had many a beautiful coffee with you on the trip because you love your coffee, uh, and we were just talking about that before. Uh, you're, um, you, you've just come back from the trip recently, and you know we've been to the Garden Tomb, we've been to Gethsemane, we've been to the Sea of Galilee, Bethlehem, Nazareth, all these places. We've had an amazing trip uh, mm. with uh, 13 other Christians praying for the peace of Jerusalem and mm. seeing all the holy sites. Um, mm. a, a week on, you know, how are you feeling and, and what, what are your highlights that you want to share with us? Well, yeah, I, I suppose I'm still buzzing from the experience, definitely. Uh, and I'm planning to carry that through the rest of my life and to not let just that be a, a short term thing. Um, it's so hard to pick one highlight. That's it's almost impossible because each day was filled with highlights. Um, I suppose some real standouts. There was a day of prayer that was held there and we were just fortunate enough for it to coincide with when we were there, mm-hmm. where I think it was broadcast to just about every nation in the world and mm-hmm. it brought all Christians together to pray for the peace of Israel and also the promise of Israel. Um, and it was just an amazing experience to be part of that and to see just how beautifully Christians and Jews live together uh, and to see God's heart for Israel. I suppose that was something that, even though you might read it in the Bible, to see it come to life in front of your very eyes, it's just life-changing, absolutely. I got shivers up my spine as you were talking about then because, for me, it was certainly a highlight of the trip too. Mm. Uh, It was broadcast on God TV and Mm. uh, there was one moment there where the vicar of Baghdad got up and prayed. And Mm. Now, he's a man that uh, has MS, and he was based in Baghdad for a long time. Uh, we, and we know, you know, Iraq has been under such attack from ISIS. And you mm. think about the persecution he's been through. Mm. And he got up and he said, we need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and for all of the Middle East. And, and then he, made that, he said that one line. He said, remember, this isn't the Holy Land. This is the promised land. Mm. And you think about the promise that God gave to Moses and Joshua that they'd enter into a promised land and it's the same land. And uh, you just think about the, the, the thousands of years of biblical history that is in uh, you know, the city of Jerusalem. And there we were praying and and worshipping on the same soil where Jesus had walked and where Isaiah had walked and where Peter and Paul had walked. And uh, it just, you know, you, you, your heart overflows with excitement when you, when you, you think about uh, what's happened in that city of Jerusalem. Yeah, so it certainly was a highlight for me too, uh, Susie. What about um, some, some of the other things on the trip? Um, one thing that uh, was quite a somber part of the trip was the Holocaust Museum. Mm. What did you think of that? 
Oh, it's heartbreaking to think that, you know, human nature can ever reach that, I suppose, depth of despair. Mm. Um, and, you know, you look at it and it, it's just overwhelming. It's, you know, you you pray and you hope that this will never, ever, ever happen again. And yeah. that's why these museums exist, is so that we don't forget what happened. Mm. Um, and I think that everybody, you know, at least once in their life needs to come face to face with that and to see what was done. Um, you know, without bringing any judgment in, you know, in on it. Yeah. It's just a case of being aware of what can happen if we blindly follow. Mm. And, you know, I know that you're always getting us to question you as, you know, as the pastor of New Hope Church. And I think that's a fabulous thing. That's what every leader should be doing is not just getting people to accept what they say, but to understand where you're coming from and why you're giving those instructions. Yeah. And I think that's a responsibility that all human beings need to take on, definitely. Yeah, I think it is an important thing as a leader to say, look, hey, don't just take my word for it. Go and study yeah. the word yourself and check out whether... Yeah. Whether it lines up, uh, yeah. For me, it certainly was because I went last year to Israel and then this year again. And last year, I spent a lot of time walking through the Holocaust Museum, and uh, and it really affected me. And there's images there that I saw that I can't get out of my mind. And so this year, I was very aware of that. So I skimmed through some of those places because I'm a very visual person. I didn't want it to uh, to uh, you know be stuck in my mind too much. But uh, it certainly made me uh, realize what the Jewish people have been through and what and an incredible story of mm. resurrection it is uh, to see how the the Jewish nation is thriving and and pe- you know people from all across the world have have uh, come back to Israel now after uh, the horrific things that happened in in uh, in World War Two. But uh, uh, it certainly gave a little bit of hope at the end. I remember there was one clip at the end of the uh, the Holocaust Museum that showed a bunch of the kids that had survived the Holocaust mm. and they were at a school and they were singing a song. And saying, um, we have hope in God. God is going to look after us. We've got a future. And uh, I continue to keep praying for the Jewish people to, uh, to uh, you know, find the love of God uh, through Jesus Christ, our Messiah and Lord. Uh, mm. Now, the other thing about the trip that I wanted to, to ask you about was uh, the, uh, the experience of it uh, from a biblical point of view. Because a lot of people say the Bible comes alive. Uh, after you've been to Israel. And we went to our journaling group the other morning where we read through some scriptures in the book of Acts, for example, Acts chapter 3 about Peter and John healing someone outside of uh, the temple. And mm. we're able to read it and go, wow, we were just there. We know where that happened, you know. Are you finding the Bible's come alive for you now? Oh, it's exciting. I mean, I, I'm an avid reader myself, and whenever I read a book, I'm always conjuring up images in my mind. So I suppose it's been the same, you know, with the Bible. And it takes away that storybook aspect, and it completely brings it to life. I mean, there is, you know, not that there was ever any room for doubt, but it just... You know, you're now reading the Bible and, and you can see the pictures and you can, you know, you can feel it, you can smell it, you can taste it. It absolutely brings it to life. It, it's just an amazing experience. And for all Christians and even non-Christians out there, um, you know, I say go and to the non-Christians, you will come back a Christian, definitely, <laughs> um, because there is no room for doubt there. You know, it's just so real. It's it's um, so tangible. Yeah, it certainly uh, makes you realize all the evidence that is there. Uh, you know, that Jesus existed, that he not only died, but he rose again. I mean, that's the good news. I've, I've had a lot of people say to me, how is Israel? And I say, guess what? The tomb was empty. He's risen. It's real, you know. And, and that uh, was another highlight of the tour was the garden tomb. Yeah. I had to pick one, yes. And seeing Golgotha, the place of the skull and the cliff, wasn't that fascinating? Oh, it was it was eerie. Um, but, yes, it was, you know, to me that's definitely the place where it all happened. Um 
but the experience, and you're right, on the on the front of the tomb it says, he has risen, um, so he's definitely not in there, and that's what being a Christian is all about. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Susie, thank you for sharing your story with us today, and we pray that the Lord continues to open doors for you as you travel the nations as a fitness trainer, that uh, uh, you have more God opportunities, and um, maybe uh, you can uh, meet us again next year in Jerusalem, perhaps, eh? Hey? Next year in Jerusalem, definitely. All right, Susie, God bless you. Thanks for your time today, Eric, and your history maker. Okay, thanks for that, Matt. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry, and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. Order your flash drive with 20 of the best History Makers interviews now at historymakers.tv for just $19.95. All proceeds will help History Makers Radio and TV share the gospel all around the world. Order now at station sponsor, historymakers.tv. You'll hear interviews from Mark Burnett, producer of the Bible series and Survivor. Musicians like Paul Coleman, Mark Schultz and George McArdle from the Little River Band. Also Kate Brax, winner of MasterChef 2011, former Olympian Elka Whalen and many more. Order now at historymakers.tv.